You are tampering with forces you can't understand. We have major corporations sponsoring this event. You are tuned in to the Fantasy Wire HQ Quick Cast. Today's show is brought to you by Full Time Fantasy, home of the Fantasy Football World Championships. We're also a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online at fulltimefantasy.com. All right, welcome to the show today. We've got a good one. I'm Frank B, Fantasy Wire HQ. Thanks for jumping on today. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Wire HQ. Bookmark the website, fantasywirehq.com. We'll have the rankings updated on Thursdays, everything else along the way. If you can subscribe to the pod, that would be awesome. If you want to drop a review, I would appreciate it. And again, the quick cast is designed to get you everything you need in under 30 minutes. No edit freestyle pod i just put it out there like we're talking football at the bar and then this is week five fantasy football season nfl season it's crazier than ever we're going to move through this week's game skid profile some of the uh, tough to decide on fantasy players in each matchup some flex plays i'll talk about studs you know here and there i don't get too focused on the the ones because we all know who they are and and when we're playing them i mean they're not coming out but um if there's any specific lineup questions that you want answered, if I don't talk about them on this podcast, anybody specific, a lineup question, player A versus player B, post it up on Twitter, and then Livewire Sundays, two hours prior to kickoff. I'll jump on there and answer as many as I can get to before the games all start. And then one fantasy nugget I like to get at the top of every show is... I don't know. I guess it's week five. I'm, you know, the first quarter is in the books. We're into October. So the, for the most part is be patient with your lineups. We've made it through some crazy waiver wire weeks. There'll be some more, obviously, but we're going to get into bye weeks now. Some early ones. Nothing we can do about it. But the players that you're going to drop on these bye weeks, man, they're, they're some tough decisions. I'm I'm in a bunch of leagues and I'm looking at the the lineups, and it's like, damn, I don't want to drop a guy here. Somebody I just picked up, maybe I've, I'm forced to. But either way, pick pick your guy on your bench that really is there as a plug. You know, I look at my bench as these are guys I want to plug in on bye weeks, number one, priority. Number two, if they have a better matchup than one of my starters, I'll use them. If you can't say that to one or two of those scenarios then that's probably the guy you need to drop or let go for a, a week to bring on you know, somebody else or trade or do whatever you got to do to make room. And then defense and kickers, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. I don't pay a damn bit of it. It's just like getting gas. I don't give a shit what the gas price is. I've got to get it. I've got to go to work. I've got to drive my car. I've got to go somewhere. So I don't care what it is. When it was three bucks a gallon, whatever, I just roll up and get it. It sucks. I don't like it, but you can't, you're not going to change the price of gas. So for me, I, I apply that same same th- train of thought for kickers and defense. I don't care what these, I don't have enough time to look at these kickers. Who makes the most field goals within the 30s? I don't know what your scoring settings are for your league. Defensively, yeah, we don't want the shit teams for, you know, the bad matchups and so on. But 
I usually will draft the, you know, draft day, the best defense and kicker I can get that I know of that, you know, draft day. As the season goes on, when I hit their bye weeks, I'm really just going to drop them and plug somebody else in, depending on what's going on in the season and who looks the best for the rest of the season. Maybe I'll skim through and look at kickers, you know, how many kicks has this guy made, say 20s and 30s? You know, those are usually money points. And then defensively, who's the defense that's got the most turnovers or who's got the most sacks? I'll add them. Now, if I got a stud defense, the Ravens or somebody that's getting me a lot of points week in and week out, that's going to be a tougher decision. But if you've got these middling defenses, you know, Chargers, um, Bucks, Bucks are good. I'm trying to think of some other ones, maybe. I mean, you you can take a chance. Typically, somebody's really not going to pick them up. You can usually jump back in and get them. But I don't I don't put a lot of effort into kickers and defenses, so apologies there. But let's go. we got a lot of business to get taken care of today. You are looking live. Got the wire watch games of the week, my three games I post on Twitter every Tuesday or Wednesday. And... My Monday nighter this week, Saints and Chargers. I'm loving, loving this game. Justin Herbert, pretty much Josh Allen 2.0 if you think about it. I mean, he brings good things to your lineup. He's getting it done. I know he's throwing an interception pretty much every game, but I can look past that. Since he took over for Tyrod Taylor in week two, he's quarterback 10 in scoring at 20.98 points per game. He's outscoring Lamar Jackson over that span. So think about that for a second. The Saints allowed the seventh most points to quarterbacks. No player to position scored below 21 on them this year. So I love Herbert. Josh Kelly, Austin Eckler was out of the game with injury. He's going to be on the shelf. It's between Kelly and Jackson. Those are the two backs. You could go either way. Who's going to get the the role? But Josh Kelly, uh, he struggled the past two games with 17 carries, 50 yards, five catches for 35 Lost two fumbles. Those are the big deals. I think he's going to get the most touches again against the Saints. I think he's definitely worth using as a flex. The Saints have given up a running back touchdown in three games straight. So you got to like that. Hunter Henry, the tight end position, has pretty much just kicked New Orleans' ass. Averaging eight catches, more than 24 fantasy points per game. So lock up Henry. And Herbert, I mean, I think he's thrown to his tight ends. A lot. They look like Henry looks like a security blanket. If you look at the numbers, he's thrown to the tight end seven times a game. So I think Henry can produce there for sure. You are looking live at the Ravens and the Bengals. Another game, the uh, the the current Heisman against the current league MVP. That's a that's pretty that's a good headline. Tyler Boyd, one of my favorites. I love this guy. I've got him in like two leagues. He's one of my locks. I set him every week because he's just getting it done. He's been a really consistent fantasy receiver. He's led the Bengals in targets and yards. He looks like Burrow's number one option over A.J. Green. Um, Through four games, he's on pace for 112 catches, 1,200 yards, four TDs. To me, he's a wide receiver, too, for this week against the Ravens. I know they're tough. He's probably going to see Humphrey or Peters. I don't care who it is. Um, but the Ravens are, they're not reeling, but maybe they're exposed a little bit. We'll see what, what happens the next uh, few weeks here, but it's a tough matchup. I still think Boyd comes through for you. Marquise Brown, he's had one game with more than 
five catches in his career. It's difficult to be more than a boomer bust option with that type of volume. So he's getting something. Mark Andrews, 20 targets in four games at most positions. Um, that kind of makes me nervous. I don't know. Is he going to be a featured part of this offense? We'll see. Of course he is, right? You know that, but are teams taking him away? Is something else going on? I don't know. I don't want to think he's injured, but we'll see what's happening with the game plan there. And then Gus Edwards. (laughs) Gus Edwards. You didn't think I was going to talk about Gus Edwards? He almost looks like the best Ravens running back. 297 uh, career carries. He's averaged 5.4 per carry and I don't know he looks good right I I'm not saying plug him in as an RB1 or something right but if you're in some scoring unique leagues or something maybe plug him in there Joe Burrow only Dak Prescott's attempted more passes than Burrow this season Um, he's a weekly start he's got the volume he's slinging it Baltimore stats if you look defensively they're a little skewed because of that Chiefs matchup but if you take that game out the Ravens are allowing 15 uh, 0.14 points per game to the position. It's the third fewest in football, but I'm telling you, I still like Burrow. I still like him. The guy, it doesn't matter. He's gonna, he's slinging it. Joe Mixon had a great week uh, from the highest scoring player in fantasy one week ago to potentially out of your lineup this week. Are you are you too scared to start him? A lot. I've seen I'm seeing that quite a bit on Twitter. Uh, most owners are sitting them or, or flexing them, or if they got somebody else, they're plugging them in. But I'd say temper expectations on him. Prior to last week's breakout, he was averaging 54 rushing yards a game, zero touchdowns, right? Opposing starting running backs are averaging that pretty much against the Ravens, um, all of which combined for only one rushing touchdown. So is this the, I only say that because this could be one of those hashtag because fantasy games that I like to talk about that he just goes off and the Ravens have a meltdown. I don't really see it happening, but you never know. T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, obviously we talked about him. He's a primary target in the offense, but Higgins has got 16 targets the past two games. So the next four weeks, the Bengals are, you know, we got the Ravens, right? Colts on the road, the Browns, Titans, and then in week 10, if you jump up to week 10, the Bengals come back and are fed to the Steelers. So if I'm looking at T. Higgins to acquire him on my fantasy team, it's going to be like a week-by-week fantasy play, you know, looking at him from there. It's not somebody you're going to lock in each week, but see what the week looks like, and you start him or you sit him. You are looking live. The Colts and the Browns, Baker Mayfield, Opposing quarterbacks have averaged eight points against Indy over the past three weeks. I think he comes back to earth. Dearness Johnson taking the place of Nick Chubb. So you got Kareem Hunt as your RB1 now. I think Johnson, he's going to get like 10 to 12 carries until Chubb comes back. And depending on the matchup, I think he's a flex play until he shows me something that he actually really goes off or, you know, takes that role. But I, you know, it's, it's Kareem Hunt and, and then probably Johnson. ODB and uh, Jarvis Landry. The Colts allow the second fewest receiving yards. The fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Only one receiver top 52 against the Colts over the first four, four weeks of the season. Um, I think on for Landry, he hasn't seen more, more than six targets come his way in any games this season. He's yet to top 61. Or catch a touchdown. I mean, throw a touchdown pass, right? Has yet to catch one. So the Colts own the league's top pass defense 
for as weird as that sounds to say. Awesome! Kareem Hunt, he's averaging 16.5 points per game for the season. The Colts' run defense is stout, right? But they are down on linebackers. Darius Leonard with the groin injury. Bobby Okurki with the thumb this week. So I'm still going to plug Hunt in. Moali Cox, you can call him Moali Cox. We got to get a good nickname for him. Cleveland is allowing the fourth most points to the tight end position as well as surrendering at least one touchdown to the position in all but one game this year. So I like Cox in there. Definitely going to play him. He's been a good add. I don't know what happens when, with Trey Burton coming back. Are they going to try to force him into the lineup? But Cox has got the rhythm. He's got the trust of Rivers. And I think he's kind of the unsung hero in that offense. And then Naeem Hines. What do we do with Naeem Hines? Screw you! You're fired! Now, we don't fire him yet. I don't know if I want to fire him yet. Jonathan Taylor, he's obviously going to factor into the passing game, right? Hines is Got to be more involved. He could be this week. Seven catches, 48 yards on eight targets the past two outings. If um, if Taylor's not as successful as the Colts would like, maybe it turns into more Naeem Hines. We'll have to wait and see. You are looking live. The Bucks, the Bears. The old NFC Central rivalry. Good God. The NFC Central. I miss those days. Nick Foles, okay, look at, let's look at Nick Foles here. The Bucks torched by Herbert a week ago. That was a hell of a game, too. They've also held three of their four opponents at the position to an average of 12 fantasy points and limiting two of those passers to fewer than 177 yards through the air. So the Bears' defense, I think they're for real. I always do. They're really good. They got good linebackers, a good front. We'll see what they do there. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bucks. my fault. My, what am I thinking here? Tom Brady... Tommy, the Bears have allowed just three touchdown passes all season. That's tied for fewest in the NFL. I don't think Godwin's playing. I think he's out. O.J. Howard is also out. Mike Evans and Scotty Miller are banged up. It's a short week. I'm going to tread carefully with Tom Brady. David Montgomery, he's running into a Bucks run defense. 12 fantasy points to running backs in the last eight quarters of football. So... Demos 2.7 receptions per game since week two. That piques my interest for PPR stuff. I don't know how much they're going to do that against the Bucks' run defense. It's still allowed 12 fantasy points to running backs the last eight quarters. I just, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard stat for me. So we'll see what happens there. Temper your expectations on a demo. It sucks not to have Cohen. I really wish Cohen did not get injured, but here we are. The Panthers, the Falcons, Teddy Bridgewater. He's put the Panthers on his back, right, since McCaffrey's gone out. Bridgewater's averaged 38 pass attempts over three of his four games. Atlanta, we just saw them get annihilated on um, Monday night in primetime. Atlanta allows the third most pass attempts in football this year, mostly due to their secondary that is absolutely awful. They rank second to worst in pass defense, and they allow the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks in the NFL. I really think Aaron Rodgers could have really went off if they wanted to on in prime time. But DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore's a guy, man, he's tough to predict. But listen, if there's one game where both pass catchers can coexist, it's got to be against Atlanta. It's got to be against Atlanta. 
Falcons have allowed wide receiver duos in three of their four games this year to both crack 90-plus receiving yards and score a touchdown. So you got to like that combo there. I'm going to plug each one of those guys in no matter where I'm at. And then Hayden Hurst back on the Falcons' side. Opposing tight ends have scored just one combined touchdown against the Panthers. I I wouldn't have thought that. So Hurst, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to leave him on the bench, see if I got somebody else. I, I'd almost go Moali Cox over him. But like I said, one combined touchdown, and they failed to top 50 receiving yards. Youch! The Bills and the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill. Over the last three weeks, quarterbacks have put up six touchdowns and an average of 320, 24 fantasy points per game against the Bills, right? Their defense has surrendered three straight 20-plus point stat lines to Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, Derek Carr. So Tannehill, I'll take him. Corey Davis, I believe he's out with the Rona. AJ Brown, he's I I'm curious to see if he's got his snaps limited this week. You know, he's working back into game shape. I think he's gonna face shadow coverage from uh Tredavious White. So Brown to me, I mean, the guy's always got a high ceiling, but this week I think it's a bad floor. So we'll see how that turns out. Johnny Smith, the Bills have struggled against tight ends this season, giving up 89.7 yards per game to the position. That's the worst mark in the league. So I love Janu. AJ Brown's return may cut into Janu's target share, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. If he's limited, you know, they'll they'll get him out of there when he needs to rest. But I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm still I still have faith in Janu who's one of my favorites. You are looking live. The Cardinals and the Jets, not too much to like in this game, obviously you know, we know Murray, Hopkins, and so on. We're starting them. Kenyon Drake, though, a lot of people have been talking about him. I need more info on that chest injury. Is it serious? Is it not serious? What what do we got going on here? I think overall, though, I mean, anytime a team is playing the Jets, right, it's a A-plus matchup. So the Jets, mm, they're not going to stop him if he's on. Gangrene is allowing the sixth most points to running backs this year they gave up 25.8 to gordon a week ago so i'm still gonna roll with drake and even chase edmonds he's he's got a nice chance to be like a flex option in ppr if you want to plug him in i think he's a he's a fixture in the passing game he had five catches 24 yards and a touchdown on six targets in carolina i that's enough to make me believe as a as a viable flex play there the Eagles and the Steelers, the Battle of Pennsylvania. You thought it was just a Trump state? No, it's the football state. Juju Smith-Schuster, the rash of injuries, I'll be honest with you, has spooked me. I'm scared now. I'm nervous. I'm looking at all these, man, reports, and I just don't know. But with his knee, okay, so he's a little spooked with his knee. Plus, you've got Deontay Johnson taking the targets, really. And speaking of Deontay Johnson... Okay, look at the Eagles. They're allowing an average of nine catches, fifth most fantasy points to the position. Johnson has run 23 routes lined up out wide. He's among the leader in targets per contest at eight among wideouts. Johnson can get back from the concussion protocol. I'm blocking him in. I've got him in in two of my lineups, and until I hear otherwise, he's staying in there this week. The Eagles, Greg Ward, not too exciting. 
if oh, if Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey miss Week Five, I think he's probably your best Eagles wide receiver. He's an e- he's got easy top twenty upside in PPR just on that volume alone. It's not a good matchup, but the volume is, is there for sure. Miles Sanders, man, I really wish this guy would have been a set and forget type RB one this year. I don't think it gets any better this week. The Steelers have played Barkley, Gordon, Johnson. It's a, it's been a short, quick season so far for them with the forced bye week. But in total, the three pro bowlers rushed for 99 yards and one touchdown. My God. Zach Ertz, another stud, right? The Steelers, though, they pretty much can handle tight ends. They cover tight ends well. This is the other point. The defense has got... 66 defensive pressures in three games, right? So they're going to bring a ton of heat on Carson Wentz. So if Wentz is under the gun, we saw what happens when when you get you know get him under pressure, force him to throw early. I think it's a decent week for Ertz, but it ain't going to be a good one. He's got one game of four with over 10 fantasy points. So eight to 10 maybe would be a guess there. And then Eric... Ebron. Oh, I don't like Ebron. He's one of my worst fantasy guys. His target share has steadily increased, though. I can't argue that, right, over for the first three games. The Steelers are coming off the unscheduled bye, so they're well-rested. They're playing at home. Maybe Ebron does something this week. Hard to say. You are looking live. The Rams and the Red... Whoa, almost. Almost. The Washington football team. Terry McLaurin. Okay, so we got the change at quarterback. That was some late breaking news. Kyle Allen's going to start at QB. Does Terry McLaurin fall off? No, he doesn't fall off. The guy's just workhorse, right? I'm I'm thinking that some people will fade him just because of the matchup with Jalen Ramsey, the new quarterback. But what did he do against the Ravens? 10 catches, 118, and a touchdown against Marlon Humphrey and the Ravens. So that's why I was going back to that Bengals, you know, with Tyler Boyd. That's why that gives me a little hope here for Tyler Boyd to have a good good outing against them. So if he if, if McLaren did that against the Ravens, why wouldn't he do it against Ramsey, right? I mean, they can get they can get through Ramsey. This week, you know, this is two weeks after lighting up Patrick Peterson for seven and 125 and a touchdown. The guy's a number one receiver. To me, it almost doesn't matter who's covering him. I think he gets his. Antonio Gibson, the running back. I think the work's there on the ground and through the air. So I think for as explosive as this guy is, the volume, they're going to have to feed him in this game. Through the, They're not going to put it on Allen's arm to win the game. It's his first start. He just got the job. So I think everything kind of runs through Terry and Antonio Gibson here this week. The volume means you plug him in as a flex, maybe an RB2. I wouldn't worry about it, even with the change. Keep him in there. Jared Goff, Washington, has also given up multiple touchdowns to every quarterback they've seen. It's a good omen for Jared Goff. So I, he, he looked a little slow last week. Did not look like a typical Rams offense we're used to seeing. I think they get back on track here. And I think that's that involves Tyler Higby. The volume worries me a little bit. The Rams always spread the ball around uh, with the backs, receivers, Cup, Woods, and so on. Even Gerald Everett. If he gets in the mix a little more, it's going to be an issue for Tyler Higby. We'll see how that goes. This week, maybe I keep him on the bench. 
he hasn't gone over five targets in a game here. So I I need to see some more before I'm a, a back to full belief on on Higby. You are looking live. The Jags and the Texans. DJ Shark, eight of nine targets, 95 yards, two touchdowns in Sunday's loss to the Bengals. The guy is Jacksonville's top receiving option. So this is a desperate, winless Texans team. They're going to go all out. If this is a shootout type game, I think Jacksonville can hang with them. And if it's, you know, score matching, touchdown for touchdown, going back and forth, I love Shark even more. I just can't see the Texans containing this guy. So I I like Shark this week. James Robinson running back for the Jags. The Texans, they're fresh off allowing three rushing TDs to running backs a week ago. Fourth most fantasy points to the position this year. Houston's allowed a 100-plus yard rusher in back-to-back weeks. Oh, my goodness gracious. David Johnson on the Texans side there, right? He's pretty much a high floor, low ceiling play in Houston this year. I think you could say that he's going to, he's going to get it done this week. I really think he does. Jags have surrendered an absurd 42 points to Mixon last week. They rank within the bottom seven of defenses in terms of receptions and touchdowns to backs. So I'm going to go out and say it. I think Johnson has a good week. Deshaun Watson, 16 sacks most in the NFL. So there you go. Johnson's going to get some some focus here. LaVisca Chenault, he did leave last week's game. I think he had a hamstring injury. You know, and that stuff lingers. We're all worried about it. That's all we see on the injury report. So if he's healthy, I think you roster him. You stash him if you want. But I think he's a flex play pretty much every time you're going to insert him into your lineup. Plug him in in a flex. Unless something really knocks those the receiving pecking order down there in Jacksonville. Chenault's always a flex play until he really just breaks out and stays, you know, at that high mark for a couple games straight. You are looking live. The Raiders and the Chiefs. Classic AFC West rivalry game. Man, I loved I used to love the rivalry rivalries in the West. There are some really good ones. Broncos, Raiders obviously, Raiders, Chiefs. Lots of good ones, man. Derek Carr, there's really nothing to talk about in this game. I'll be honest with you. There's just nothing. The Chiefs, you know you're starting all your Chiefs players. The Raiders side, there's really not much to like besides Darren Waller. Obviously, he gets all the targets, the volume. He's a lock. Derek Carr, though, go back and look at him. He's a borderline quarterback one. I mean, he scored 20-plus fantasy points in three straight games against the Saints, Patriots, and Bills. So I'm, I'm not afraid to play Carr. Hunter Renfro, he's got at least eight targets in his past two games. So I think he sees a lot of work this week. They're going to be forced to throw to keep up with the Chiefs. So, you know, the Chiefs score points at will. Derek Carr has shown me he can sling it. So I think Renfro is uh, the chain mover, good end, good red zone threat. I think he's going to be the, the main benefactor there. You are looking live. The Dolphins and the Niners. I don't know why this Dolphins team intrigues me with fantasy, but they are, they've got a lot of fantasy spotlights this year. Devontae Parker, the Niners defense. Okay, this one, I love Parker, but listen, the Niners defense, they're giving up 184 yards per game through the air. That's second in the league and equates to only six receptions to a wideout since week one 
One opposing wide receiver has eclipsed 59 receiving yards in that span. I mean, they've got yet to allow one touchdown pass in a single game through their first four. So very tough matchup. Parker is usually a guy you can set and forget. You lock him in there, right? I don't know. God, I really wouldn't want to bench him, but I guess you'd play him at a flex to say, you know, the floor, take the floor with him maybe this week or something. But I, that's a tough call that the numbers, everything say that this guy's getting shut down. So that's a tough call. You got to go with your gut. Look at your lineup. Who's better than Parker in your lineup. There's your, there's your tiebreaker there. Miles Gaskin carried the ball 10 times or fewer in all but one game this year. He has yet to find the end zone on the ground. How is this How is this possible? But no defense is more stout against the running backs than the Niners. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown, a la the Ravens, to the position, and no more than 63 rushing yards to any one player in any game. So Gaskins would be a fade. Brandon Ayuk on the Niners side, though, he's a boomer bust guy. He really is. I'm hoping that he gets more dependable, more consistent, and gets some more attention here as the season goes on. But right now, for the next few weeks, I think he's boomer bust. Take your chances. Debo Samuel, he came back, uh, but he's pretty... He wasn't featured as much. He was used pretty sparingly, but I think he gets an uptick this week. And um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he's coming back this week. He may. If he comes back, I like him more. If he does not, it's a boomer bust type play, same as Ayuk. The Dolphins are fresh off, allowing not one, but 295-plus yard receivers in week four. So the potential's there, but we'll we'll see what happens. Jarek McKinnon, 21 touches in week four. That was his most since week, oh, God, what week was it? Now I can't remember. Of 17, I mean, we haven't seen McKinnon forever. It's nice to see him out there again, right? Remember all that Twitter hype when they acquired him from the Vikings? Man. So, but if Raheem Mostert remains out, McKinnon's a top 10 back against the Dolphins this week. So, so take him there. You are looking live. The Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. Not much to like in this game either. But Cam Newton, this guy is the Patriots offense. He's accounted for six of the team's 10 touchdowns this year. Newton gets... A great matchup in his return here. Broncos have allowed two-plus touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks in all but one game this season. So lock up Cam. Damian Harris, the return of Cam Newton, maybe that limits you know, the ceiling of Damian Harris, but the, the Patriots could always play musical chairs with Burkhead or whoever else they want back there. I know Sony's on IR, so to me it's got to be Harris. He's got to be the preferred guy in the backfield. I think it's Damian Harris this week. All the way. You are looking live. The Giants and the Cowboys, the NFC least. If there's one soundbite to put with NFC East, it has got to be. <laughs> Absolutely. They're awful. Good God. Darius Slayton for the Giants after 102 yard, two touchdown performance. Slayton. It's pretty much, where's he been? He's been invisible, gone, three weeks, right? Cowboys allow the second most points to wideouts this year. Their defense is a sieve. They're surrendering 100 yards, two touchdowns to opposing wide receivers on five occasions. I love Slayton. Daniel Jones, no touchdowns since week one. Come on, man. 
No more than 190 passing yards since week three. No Barkley, no Shepard, hence why I like Slayton. The cards are stacked against them, but listen, it's the Cowboys. This defense is awful. So Dallas defense, they're tied for the league lead in touchdown passes allowed. So you can, I think you can fire up the Giants, some of the Giants there. I think you're going to be okay this week. Evan Ingram too. He's one of the most tough to figure out fantasy plays, right? You, you start him, he doesn't do much. You put him on the bench, he goes off. He's talented. We all know the you know the comments for this, but he's only hit double-digit fantasy points once this year. He's seen seven-plus targets on three occasions, so you you gotta like that. But it's gotta pay off at some point, right? Is it is this the week it pays off? So the Cowboys allow the third most total yards in football, twelve receiving touchdowns, second most. Come on, you gotta give him something this week. He's gotta get something here. Um, Amari Cooper for the Cowboys, 16 fantasy points in every game this season, despite the fact he's only scored once on 51 targets. So he's still a set-and-forget guy for me. Lock him in. Dalton Schultz on the Cowboys side, third-highest scoring player at his position since week two. I think it's just you can't rule out the insanity of Dak Prescott's volume to throw. I mean, his... The amount of passes he's throwing, it's going to keep him relevant. I don't think Dak Prescott has got to push for 60-some attempts against the Giants, though, this week. So the past two weeks, the Giants almost, you know, put up a fight defensively, right? To a, to a degree, they're stout against tight ends all of a sudden. They're allowing zero touchdowns and holding all but one tight end at the position to below 24 yards. So... I'm not too high on Schultz this week. You are looking live. The last one for the pod, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Kirk Cousins, the volume is there to be a consistent fantasy play. Um, It's just Cousins. <laughs> he's, he's got yet to complete more than 19 passes in a single game. It's there for him to take he just I don't know what it's a Dalvin Cook led offense obviously but 19 passes in a single no more than 19 passes in a single game I think that changes this week against the Seahawks defense they allow the most attempts completions and passing yards to quarterbacks this season so Kirk Cousins got no reason not to go off here no opposing quarterback has thrown for less than 315 against Seattle so we'll see Kirk Cousins in a super flex league. I love you this week. Otherwise, I'm probably not starting you. Just to be on the safe side. Tyler Lockett, though. Vikings allowed four 96-plus yard receivers this season, including 108 yards and a touchdown to Will Fuller last week. So they're, they're back seven here. Surrendered touchdowns to the position. It's tied for third most in football. Lockett's four receiving touchdowns on the year are tied for third most in the league. I love Lockett. DK Metcalf opposite him, of course. The Vikings defense, brutal against receivers lined out wide, allowing nearly 140 yards and the fourth most fantasy points to the position. Metcalf, this guy's running like 30 routes a game. He's an absolute smash for me this week. Justin Jefferson, too. He's played nearly 80% of the Vikings' snaps. He and put a you know seven for one seventy five and a touchdown on Tennessee. Then 
a four for 103 line on Houston the past two weeks. So he gets the Seahawks this week. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so give me Justin Jefferson this week too, without a doubt. So that'll wrap up this week's NFL slate. Good luck to all of you in your fantasy matchups. And do me a favor, I ask you every episode, tag me those players that are the because fantasy players, because man, they'll just, they chap your ass, they get you worked up, but you got to sit back and laugh and just chalk it up to the fantasy gods there, right? Fantasy Wire HQ on Twitter. Good luck to you this week. We will see you next week. Yeah, all right. This press conference is over. Go away. I no, it's over, Phil. Well, it's over.